0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Peacock Streaming, the biggest sports and live events on the planet. Touchdown. From Super Bowl Fifty Six,
0: what a game
1: To complete coverage of the Winter Olympics, streaming every event every day. Yeah. It's all the unprecedented. The
0: United States wins gold. Unstoppable. Sensational. Unbelievable. Sports to love. Sign up now at peacocktv.com Mirror nine, mirror nine. you twist and turn my mind
1: until I don't know who I am. Mirror nine. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion podcast. I'm here with Johnny. We're doing a transfer roundup. Johnny, how are you today?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty well actually. Um, I did uh, say to you that um, for the last few days I was in sole care uh, of my son as my wife went away on a bit of a girl's jolly up um, as much as you can in the UK right now. She went down to Bournemouth and had it large and in the meantime I was going through an endurance challenge looking after my firstborn and he's gone away to stay at his nan's for the night after Four days, three nights. I've counted every minute of sole care of him, and this, quite frankly, this podcast is an opportunity for me to relax. Um, wow.
1: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to give you the most soothing hour you've had in the, the last four days. We can vent about Arsenal. Um,
0: uh, this is my spa, Pete. This is my this is my radar. Your spa you weekend, know? yes.
1: <laughs> Great. Well. Um, what better way to kick it off than the biggest, uh, the biggest trigger point for Arsenal fans over the last two seasons? William Saliba, Chris Wheatley, uh, a very reliable Arsenal journalist, has come out and said, uh, has, has come out and U turned. So we do have to take it with a pinch <laughs> of salt. But he's come out and U turned, and instead of saying the. Um, Saliba is going to get a chance to prove himself this summer. He said the Saliba camp is uh, weighing up their options. Um, There's a chance that Saliba might be sold. There's a chance that he might be loaned with Newcastle, Marseille and Nice. All interested. Uh, I'm going to go to you with a hot take because you already did a hot take before we got on here. But we missed the recording. So, Johnny, what do you think about the the latest news on William Saliba?
0: So... I, well, I mean, we are literally at this point of recording. This stuff has dropped in the last what ten minutes. It's currently trending on Twitter, so these oh are my hot, God already hot takes. Yeah, um, so hot. Um, what lo- I said is I've just launched out a little tweet there, um, and it it amounts to the fact that I think that if Saliba is allowed to leave, um, or basically told that he's not going to have any opportunity at the club, or he's pushed out on loan again. Um, I think it would amount to what what could genuinely be described as a dereliction of a duty of care. And someone came back at me straight away on Twitter going, What are you talking about, dereliction of duty of care? And there will be some people listening to it going, "I back this guy," but um, you know we don't owe a player an opportunity at the first team and what and whatnot. But the reason why I say it's not we don't owe anyone a game at Arsenal. We certainly don't. But when you sign a young player who's at the start of his career, we've signed him for a lot of money, you don't even need to be privy to what the conversations were when when he signed. If you're being signed as a 19, eighteen year old for you know somewhere in a region of twenty to 30 million pounds, you know that they are putting trust in you. They're not coming to they're not asking you to sign and they're going to ship you out in a year. they're going to at least the key word here is opportunity. Um, and what's happened, unfortunately, with Saliba is not only was he loaned back straight away, that was whatever, you know, whatever way they um, structured the deal, that is what it is. But he's unfortunately come to some um, personal issues and uh, family trauma. And at that stage of a young man's life, it's it's a lot for anyone to deal with. And so I think that, particularly when we talk about, dare I invoke the. Uh, the discussion of the Arsenal way you know the classy way of doing things you've got to be able to support your players and, and support young players even more so because they are at a crossroads often in not only their professional careers but their lives and they need that support from their employers and for him to have been ushered out the door by a, a manager who for me looks very very badly out of this because of uh, his integral role in the handling of Saliba I believe um you know, to to basically respond to issues with Saliba, it doesn't matter whether anyone thinks he should be starting or not, and you look at highlights of his time on loan and think, oh, he got skin there, he probably wouldn't do it at Arsenal. I think that's nonsense, by the way. I think he's got every chance to be a top player. But um, either way, it's not saying he should be guaranteed first-team football, but you've got to give the guy a chance, particularly when he's had those personal issues and should really be uh, supported by the club. Certainly brought back in and given a chance this year because we don't need to be shipping him off to another loan, a loan spell when he's not even been given a chance. Some of the chances that kids in our academy who clearly out of our academy who clearly aren't good enough, the likes of Reece Nelson, have been given a fair few opportunities, and yet Saliba can be bounced from pillar to post, different loan clubs and/or shipped out before we've even seen him kick a ball in a competitive match for us, I think it's shocking. I really, really do. And to be honest, any notion that, you know, some corners might have been turned with regards to the management of our players and, you know, opportunities that would be given, I think would be dispelled at, at, at the um, site of this move taking place. We don't know if it will definitely will, but if it does, I think it's appalling on Arsenal's part and certainly Arteta and the management's part.
1: Curious. Absolutely. I, I'm really assuming, angry. Absolutely yeah, I'm really angry. This, uh, I mean, you, th- you said, you said that this is your, your day spa. I feel like we've ruined your day spa already. <laughs> so I, 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 I've got, I've got a different take on this because uh that's the way that these shows work. If we had the same opinions, it'd be problematic. But firstly, like let's look where the rumor, where is the rumor coming from? Right. Uh, uh, Two weeks ago, he was going to get a chance to come back and fight for his place, and now he's out. And the, the the base premise of the story is with Ben White coming in, Saliba's going to consider his options. So that says to me that this rumour has not come from anybody at Arsenal because I don't believe that that sort of thing would leak out. Um, I'd imagine that it's come from William Saliba's camp uh, to start with. And we know that his camp and the player himself likes to have a good whinge in the press to start with and i i i firstly don't believe that we're going to sell a player uh that's done half a season in france and he's when he's got three years left on his deal i don't i don't think it would be financially sharp for us to sell a player that's probably on fuck all money
0: yeah
1: uh back to to anywhere like he's, his stock is too low um Secondly, I I think we've got to wait and see who who we're actually going to buy. Like Ben White hasn't signed for Arsenal. (laughs) We can talk about that. So the idea that Ben White is driving a decision feels like uh, it's somebody in Saliba's camp reacting to speculation to maybe get some reassurances about how they're going to be treated uh, this summer. And if if he comes back and he's put out on a loan uh, and the loan is in the Premier League, I don't think that that's a terrible move for him. You know, like if if we signed Ben White and we've got a defence that made, you know, was the top three best defence in the league last season, William Saliba is still 20 years old. Everybody forgets how young he is. If you said, go and play at Newcastle for five months because we don't have any, you know, we've got you know Carling Cup and we've got no European football to to give you a roll out. We want you to go and get some Premier League strength for five months and the back half of the season, you come back. I would be. I don't think that that's bad. I think like bumming around on our bench for the first three, four months of the season, getting you know a twenty minutes here and there. I don't think that's good for his development. And I think actually the next stage for Saliba is like translate some of that talent into the Premier League and develop that way. And I think that that would be a, I think that would be a good thing for him because it, it, best will in the world. You can't you can't bring him in from uh, from League One and put him straight in the first team. So you've got to sit him on the bench and just give him minutes here and there. And I don't think that that's so good. Um, and also...
0: Why do you say that, Pete, though? Sorry, just to pull you on this one. So, first of all, I'm I'm not so sure William Saliba would accept that, nor do I think he should, being told, yeah, you've done a little loan out there. You've already were loaned last season. Come and have a loan spell in a Premier League. We don't know what's going to... you know your Arsenal career might be judged off a loan spell with Watford, and if it doesn't work out, suddenly you're frozen out of the Arsenal team. I think he's got every right to say, no, I want to at least come back and challenge for a first-team place now. Um, So he might not accept it. Um, Apart from that, uh, I'm not so sure it would kind of be a smart move in general uh, on our part, to put him on loan, like, as opposed to, again, coming... This is this. this shouldn't mean that he's guaranteed a spot, by the way, but when you look at Wesley Fafana at Leicester, he came from exactly the same situation, got put in the team, got given chances, and this will obviously be where Saliba's looking as well, a, a player who he knows very well, and he's been given that opportunity, who, you know, in a sink or swim environment, certainly started to swim, and Saliba will be thinking, I can do the same thing, and certainly with enough justification to be given a go. And and that's all I would say, like you say about not being able to go from league straight into the prem. Fafana did it. So why shouldn't um, Saliba get a go?
1: But I I, I think that um, Fafana is not the same player that William Saliba is, uh, further ahead in his development. But... Leicester conceded 50 goals last season and they dropped out of the the top four after like sitting in that top four for most of the season. Uh, we're trying to get better. I don't think putting put in <laughs> William Saliba in our starting 11. I know Arsenal fans, like, he's oh, got very nice YouTube comps. His defensive <laughs> statistics are not that good. If we want to move forward and stop you waving that Arteta out Banner, come October <laughs> I don't think I I don't I can't marry Arteta needs to get top 4 next season but he also needs to have William Saliba it, like I, we have to see him play I think the um a low move will be good for him you know like look at uh, Tamori at Chelsea he's 23 w- went out on loan to Milan um for a season I think the Milan are trying to buy him for 40 million it pumped his value, but he learned his lessons in in the Milan side. Like maybe they bring him back. I don't know. Uh, ben White uh, did a season under Bielsa before he started um, in Brighton's team and got Player of the Season last year. It is absolutely normal for twenty year old defenders to to get low moves to to build up their their muscle memory, so that when they come into the first team, they've developed. And they understand the speed, the power, the aggression, the aerial threat, which is a weakness in his game. Like, I would rather Saliba have five months making mistakes in a a low-pressure Newcastle environment. Actually, not low pressure, a different type of um, pressure. And then when he comes back, he's ready to fight from the off. And we don't have to go through the the growing pains, which you get with every player. And, you know, like, centre-back is really, really difficult. There aren't many 20-year-old centre-backs um, in the in the top leagues around the world. like it's it's uh, It would be a complete exception to the rule to start a 20-year-old. And I suspect the clubs vying for him on loan, I, I doubt there will be many Premier League clubs that want to take a chance on a 20-year-old at centre-back because it's just such an important role. So it'd be interesting to see how that, that pans out. But I think a loan move will be good for his development. But I, also, I don't know whether is is he actually going to get loaned out straight away or is this just another bad story um uh, with a, from a summer of bad stories that we've heard you know he's staying he's going he'll get a chance he won't get a chance i think we're reacting to uh, speculation probably from his camp versus reacting to what is a, a a truth
0: yeah 100% so so first of all of course we are talking about you know a potential scenarios if certain things happened. At the moment, we don't know anything's happening, and like you say, it's just conjecture. Um, to be honest, and kudos to you on this, I do actually see the rationale with what, what, you know, the way you just explained it. I do I do get that, but I guess it really highlights the fact that the Saliba issue for me is quite an emotional one, I guess. It's not just a completely... It is an emotional one, yeah. ...rational one, like... I, I've had enough, like with this Saliba treatment. I think because I guess it comes down to how you view the player, right? And you know, maybe maybe Saliba is like that little you know um, dr- purple and gold dress meme that went around, and different people see different things. And you yeah. might see someone who is you know um, unproven and uh, in need of experience at different. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a, a rational thing for any young player to get experience but for me I'm seeing a prestigious talent who needs opportunity to show and will you know because we've seen you can talk about Fafana all, all we want but the reality is is 50 goals or not Leicester were you know a pubic hair away from qualifying in the top 4 and they won the champions league uh, they won the FA champions league they won the FA cup I should say uh, a little bit better than our season, which saw us finish eighth and, uh, you know, basically have calls for our manager to get sacked and.
1: Six points. And- Six points might not be a pubic hair, but it's certainly a, a long ponytail hair away. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, they were a lot closer than us and, and had a much better season than us. Um, so, but the other thing that it comes down to. And again, for anyone who might be shouting into their AirPods right now, as they say, listen to these, what are these guys talking about? You know, things could change, potentially, with the signing of Ben White, if that happens as well, in terms of the way that we look at certain things. And I'm sure we can dig a little bit deeper into that aspect. But ultimately, you talk about us wanting to get better. Our defence, right, bearing in mind, I should say, that How many times have we said on this pod recently that the stalwart of our defence was David Luiz? He was our, um, you know, big game, crunch game performer. David Luiz was our best defender, central defender, I mean. So, you know, it doesn't take much by way of um, opportunity for someone new to come in to upgrade on what we've been getting given at um, centre-half. Like, certainly Rob Holding, you know, is... You know, he'll run for a wall for you, but the fact is, he's limited technically, and we all can see that. Certainly, if the style of play that we're trying to aim for is passing out from the back, yeah. he he is always going to have a problem with that. And I think that why wouldn't you? Again, maybe purple and gold dress, but I'm looking at a player who has every bit of potential in the world based on of his based on his skill set and physical attributes to. Press on and become uh, uh, an exceptional talent. And and let's be honest, twenties twenty's young, but it's not like he's just rolled out of college. The geezer's twenty years old. Like you can do it at twenty. We've seen it before. Um, and I think at the very least he should be given an opportunity now. I really do. It, it's. I think it's shameful if if he is allowed to go or he's pushed out. Yeah, I I, I think the.
1: I think that I think that he will get a go. I think that. Uh, I think that there are people that rate him uh, at Arsenal, but I also think that if he was if he was good enough to start, why wouldn't Arteta start him? Right? So he's if if he got anything close to right or correct last season, it was the defensive side of things, and I would also like draw us back to um, you know Gabriel who we signed what he was 22 23 when we signed him put up some incredible defensive numbers uh, the season before we we brought him in and he was a, a bit of a bit of a hot mess uh, for a, a large chunk of of last season so even when they get a little bit older like you still have to go through some teething pains but i think um, i think he'll get a chance i think if he takes a low move I hope that it's uh, it's a positive low move in the de- development of his career, and I think the reality for Saliba is, we, you're not going to get a starting place in a top club in Europe. So why don't you just just roll with the the, the development plan, and maybe um, you know I, I'm just purely speculating here, but you bring him back if the club do see potential in him. Maybe it's like, look, we'll we'll offer you an extension on your deal. Go and spend some time at a Premier League club, and then we 're looking for you to be the, the the you know right in the mixer either second half of next season or the season after but I think the most important thing for a twenty year old defender is minutes, and i don 't think you can give him the minutes to really kick him on um, from the start of the season though one thing that could potentially be interesting is um We've got players that are going to be, you know, Gabriel is going to be at the Olympics um, at the start of the season. So there might be opportunities. So I, I would say to, to completely sit on the fence, I'm not sure that I believe that this is like 100% story. I, I don't think it's clear to the fans where it's come from. And until Arteta speaks in a press conference or Edu speaks in a press conference, I would like to take a back seat on it. I don't think it's the most important thing. Uh, for our squad and it's amazing how you're, you're right it absolutely dominates the minds of Arsenal fans and just one more thing before I leave that it's not Arteta's fault that Raul spent 27 million on 18 year old centre back when we had actual centre back problems in our first team I mean just we picked up Gabrielle for 22 million like, like just the, the idea that we would go out and blow that much money on on a, a centre back shows you what a what a weird character Raúl Signelli was. You know he did this, he did the same with um, Nicholas Pepe and what became apparent is Nicolas Pepe is not a seventy two million pound talent and we're two seasons into it and we can still see that. So to think that that he made a good decision with Saliba just because he's expensive, I, I think it's also a, maybe a bit of a a misguide.
0: Do you know what? I actually completely disagree with you, almost for the same reasons. I I look at the same thing, and I think, I just don't see it like you do. Like in terms of, number one, so it's interesting when we talk about, you know, he's not going to get a starting berth at a top, you know, four side or whatever. Yeah, that's true. But we're not a top four side anymore. You know, being on loan at Arsenal, who finished eighth last year with... ...you know, issues throughout their team... ...and at times were absolutely shocking... ...getting rolled over by Burnley at home... ...not good enough... Um, ...you know, he's looking at that... ...and thinking... ...listen, I've got issues with my game at 20 years old... ...of course sir have... ...but have a look at you you guys... ...you're all over the gaff... ...and can I bring something to your team... ...it's much easier to get a player to sit on the bench... ...when you're winning leagues... ...Champions League, Cups... ...and you can say... ...I'm not changing a winning team... ...you're too young... Bide your time. At the end of the day, when you're on the sidelines and watching failure, you've got every right to question what exactly is going on. So, to then move on to one, I think that, um, uh, like you you say about why wouldn't Arteta play him? Well, Arteta didn't play Emil Smith Rowe till Christmas. There are players
1: He was was injured, though.
0: Yeah. There were opportunities to play him sooner than Christmas. It wasn't just like he'd just come back and then he was given a go. He didn't play him because he was putting his faith in players like Willian, etc., before that, because that's the way he saw things. Sometimes, let's be honest, if we're being fair, Arteta seemingly... Has certain things for certain players. They just Gabriel Martinelli couldn't buy a start for ages at the end when we were looking shocking going forwards. Like True. he gets, he, yeah. he gets, he gets them rabbit holes with players, and it's weird. And I think Saliba is the manifestation of the biggest version of this of Arteta having a thing for someone because it doesn't make sense. Like you talk about like Arteta, and this is where I completely get agree with you, and I understand why you would draw that conclusion. If we're saying you've got three months for your job, Arsetta, if, you, if we're shit by Christmas, you're gone, then he might go, listen, I'm not playing a, tw- a 20-year-old. And I do get that. You know, I do understand it. But for me, there's every opportunity to, just like Emil Smith-Rowe saved your job, basically, by playing these guys and you establishing some form of the young players and and the fan base being able to see some a, a potential upside to these young players looking so good... There's, there's the same opportunity with Saliba, and I think that once again it it feels like he's entrenched himself to, on a position. How has he not? How has he seen so much in Saliba that he doesn't even want to bring him back under the roof to have a look at him training again? How has he seen that from six months on loan in in League One? I just don't. I don't get how. But he can-
1: uh, but you are you are assuming. You're, that's a big assumption. Like, we are now, how has how Arteta <laughs> made this decision? It's speculation. It's, it's speculation of course, of based on a, on a right back. I don't believe that he will not be at training. And I don't believe that someone asked and was like, Arteta, you get a lot of fucking bad PR over Saliba. You're going gonna to look at him and we're going to make you look at him and you're going to enjoy him because, you know, the fans want to sit or whatever, you know? Like, I, I, I think that he will be fully aware but also, you know, like just the idea that we—why would Arsenal sell a hot centre back like Saliba when there's three years left to go on his deal? We don't need to sell him. It's not—it's not an urgency until next season. And then, if if you know if he goes to the, if you sent him out on loan to Newcastle and he blows up and you still want to sell him, you're going to sell him for more money. And if he blows up, you just get him in the first team the season after. So. I don't. I. I don't think that. The, I, I'm not reading too much into these rumors either way because I think he'll be back. I think he'll be training with the team, and I think that there will be deeper conversations. I think this is just Saliba's people trying to force, um, you know, a conversation with Arsenal because you know Ainsley said that Arteta hadn't spoken to him yet. What last week? You know, it's not beyond the the pale that they haven't actually decided anything on the squad.
0: Yeah, of course, and uh, everything you've said is completely bang on. We are. Hypothesizing here. So, you know, anyway, I'm getting a bit emotional over it. Saliba is an emotive subject. We've talked about that already. And in general, I think, you know, there's a good chance that what you said is the case and and, and no conversations have been yet had yet. But, you know, it it feels like this could be the way it's going. And and what I would say is, you know, again, what I think sending him out alone. Might may well do is alienate the player, so he doesn't actually feel like he's got a future. And even with a great move to Newcastle, he might say, "Do you know what? You've not shown any faith in me." And ultimately, I'm, you know, I'm going to do one. Let's let's get me going. Um, that's how it can work sometimes, you know. And there are, you know, when I think about um, uh, like Kevin De Bruyne and even Mo Salah was a bit older when he was at Chelsea. Basically, when they just started, you just. Literally buying up all the talent. And eventually, a player as good as Kevin De Bruyne at a young age had to go. Now, he was given opportunities at a top team to break through, but just not enough for him. And eventually he said, do you know what, I'm out of there. If William Saliba, a team who currently is a mid-table side, doesn't even get a go, a look at the first team, he may well say, do you know what, if Arteta stays, he's probably not the right guy for me because he just seriously underrates me. That's what I don't want to go down the route of happening. Um, and that ultimately, at the very least, I've probably argued the camp for all the Saliba lovers out there. Uh, just when Arsenal need another division in the fan base, it's the, the, <laughs> the su- Saliba ins- in or out. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: but the you know the the, the positive with um, the positive for me is that you look at Arsenal hunting down Ben White, it, who is a very similar player right what well, has a a very similar um attacking profile to what Sal- Saliba offers so the I, I, I can't see a world in which arteta doesn't see the you know the excitement in in the in the positives that come from saliba's game i i suspect that he would probably just want to make sure that he's correct from a defensive perspective because um having a having a weakness from aerial balls in the premier league is problematic but also you know you can you can teach 20 year olds you know there's 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 loads of growth that happens between 20 and 23 because most premier league defenders don't start in teams until they're 23 years old so i've still got high hopes that he's going to come good and uh, I, I i suspect that there's going to be i hope there's going to be a good decision on him this summer because there will be nothing worse than him going to dortmund and turning into a 70 million pound player in three exactly. years time yeah exactly um he's also an arsenal fan as well so hopefully um you know he'll, he'll roll all the punches on, on this one <laughs> um, so talking of uh young players uh, it seems that the closest deal this week uh, to happening is Sambi Laconga the um the Belgian um the Belgian twenty twenty one year old i think he is um is attracting bids from arsenal deal rumoured to go up to £17 million. Um, I've been looking at some videos of him. It looks like he's jacker plus athleticism. Um, what do you think about a move like this for someone no one had heard of until two weeks ago?
0: Um, so, we, I mean, we kind of mentioned it in the last step, but I'm, I'm pretty much fully behind the deal in the sense that, like me, you've probably saw the you've seen the same videos of Lacunga, where he always finds feet, always scores goals, and always makes fantastic tackles. His highlight reel, but um, he does look like again to reiterate what I said last time that the profile of player that we should be interested in giving a go, and that may change the shape of our midfield uh, and what we look like when we're set up for games, I'd love our midfield to be much more fo- you know, based around power and pace, so we can physically, basically just bully some teams, because there are some teams that are more focused around diminutive players, smaller, easy, easy easily, easily um, bullied out of games, you know, like fragile mentalities, some of the, some of the kind of uh, mental, mentalities in players that we've found ourselves based around over for a number of years. Um and so I I do feel like we should have every shred of encouragement to go down that route with regards to how we start to reshape this midfield where it is where your minimum baseline is you have to be athletically proficient. That should not mean as well this is why I think where well, I think some people start to get it wrong where they think It has, you know, these two things are mutually exclusive, where if you are a good athlete, an imposing athlete, you're somehow going to be some, you know, sledgehammer with no finesse. When it's just not the case. Um, There are a number of players, the most most successful players in the Premier League are, yes, technically proficient, but athletes, even when you look at De Bruyne... De Bruyne is not, you know, you he's a monster. Of, yeah, you think of him being like a little skillful player. No, I mean, this ain't this ain't some little guy, you know, just knocking around. He's he's a freak. He's fast. He's strong. Knock Kevin De Bruyne off the ball, you know. Um, and and obviously, again, to sing his praises, Kante. And you, you look at that guy and think he's actually small, but he's fast, relentless with his pressure because it doesn't just mean. Even though I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here with regards to Arsenal, but it doesn't just mean that you have to be six foot five basketball player to be able to be physically imposing. If you're, if you run through walls and don't stop running and you're quick, that's a physical attribute that could, you know, seriously give you a leg up in the Premier League. However, I do think we should be looking at taller players to play in our midfield because we have previously built ourselves around too many small players. And let's face it, most smaller players aren't kante uh and no, they're, and they're no, that's not true. imposing themselves on the league in that way so and we've me, already
1: tried a terrera exactly
0: exactly so for me La Conga, we can't guarantee it's be a success but everything every particular about the deal rings tr- rings right for me i'm happy to be, every if every transfer is a bit of a punt this seems like a a very reasoned and sound gamble <sighs>
1: Yeah, I'm, and I, I spend at least twenty six minutes watching videos of him, so I do feel that I am qualified to talk. Um, <laughs> I think the um, the interesting thing about his style of play is he can do he can do the things that Jacka does, and I, I I was watching him and I was wondering like, do you sign him and Ruben Neves, or are you taking a chance that he can be a first team star because you. you you then run into the scenario where it's like, well, hold on a minute. William Saliba can't be trusted to come from a slow paced league into the first <laughs> team into an important role, but Lakonga can. Um, so I wonder whether, um, like, is is Lekonga, uh, gonna replace Jacka or is Lakonga what we hoped Danny Ceballos would be? Um, because our, our midfield needs it, it, it needs to be pumped. This summer. You know, it can't uh, like with Sabios knees replacing, El Nenny knees replacing, Jack needs knees replacing. You can't ignore those and you can't replace them with um also rands. You need pure quality because we know that Thomas Partey is injury prone. So it's um it's gonna be interesting to see where they move. And and also to your point last week, does uh does does Aziz come into the side like is there other uh, opportunities opening up for some of the younger players to maybe fill some of those centre midfield voids
0: yeah and and not just that but to kind of double down i think i did say this last week as well but um it was you know based around the fact that when we look at replacing our players we shouldn't feel you know wedded to trying to replace them like for like because the setup we've had has not got us to where we want to go. So when we talk about replacing Xhaka, why do we need to get a player who is based all around? You know, passing into the third, into the final third from deep, or or whatnot. Like st- structurally, when one of the biggest defenses made of Arteta, when the likes of myself and others were saying, you know, dreams over, let's get him, let's get him out the plan's not worked out, the process is gone, uh, is, oh look, we haven't got the players to play the way Arteta wants to play. Yeah. Well, you have an opportunity now to reshape the squad in your image and that should not mean replacing Xhaka with a younger Xhaka who can maybe run 0.1 second quicker in the 100 metres. That's irrelevant. Like, if you if you want us to play in a different way, because for me personally, the way I've seen it, with players of these mould types, this is not going to work at Arsenal. We aren't going to be successful playing the way we played last year with slightly better players, you know, trying to do the same things. I I don't think we're anywhere near that near to being where we want to be. I think that if Arteta is saying, this is the best I could get out of the guys that you gave me, then, you know, there, there might be some credence to that argument if he takes us in a new direction. But... Ultimately, I think that the majority of fans, if I'm honest, a majority of Arsenal fans will look at the way the season turned out and think that we are in need of revolution instead of evolution. This is not... when Again, we're not a couple of players away from, from getting it right. We're not a quicker Zaka away from... We, we need players who can ultimately, with their abilities, change the style and setup of the team because I think that we have one become too predictable um, uh, and obviously predictable in our failures at this stage. But I think that bringing, bringing in certain players and player uh, uh, playing with playing styles and different um, physical attributes would change our possibilities of playing in the same way, for instance, as a Kieran Tierney come in and brought his intensity, his speed and acceleration and Kolasinac quite quick but more cumbersome and Tierney has literally added a new element or potential way of playing at Arsenal with him just being him and that's why for instance we so greatly miss him when he's not playing because there's no one else like him to fill fill in that position for him do you see what I mean so for me I think I think um adding in some personally adding in someone like Lekonga is much more exciting than trying to replace Xhaka with a Neves.
1: Yeah, I I I I think we're I think we're closer than than you think. I I like I agree that there needs to be serious surgery, but I don't I, I don't think it's a million miles away. I think if you put better players, the the system is proved out, right? The system works because we've seen it work at Manchester City, uh, and the second sixty percent, you know, the sixty percent back end of the season, like it was drab at times, but it delivered, it delivered points, delivered goals, and it delivered a solid defense. You you put in like I, I think the key to what you were saying there is predictability, and the reason that Arsenal's system was predictable is because there were only so many patterns that could lead to success. You think about it. No, we didn't really have a right side last season because you didn't, didn't have a right back. So all you had was the left to go down. Um, our centre-backs, um, when David, David Luis wasn't playing, can't play balls through the lines. So you know that if you pin our centre-backs, um, you've got a good opportunity of, of creating turnovers. Uh, and then when you get the ball into the final third, although we kind of we started to solve at the end of the season, you didn't have a 24-year-old, that creates like you know a lot of chances um, in a game, and I think if you um, and then really the other the other sort of piece that we missed, Emmy Martinez was better for our system than Burnt Leno, and we went for the keeper that he's, was worse with better. the ball.
0: He's better for Burnt yeah. Leno. Uh, yeah.
1: no, no, uh, yeah, but hundred percent, and you know that that was. Um, that was a shocking mistake that it seems like they're going to start to rectify. And I think when you've got players that can do the things that is needed of the system, namely play football, I think that you increase your chances of winning games. You increase your um, opportunities in the final third. And like by the sounds of the summer that they're going to go for um, this year, it sounds like they're going to be aggressive about bringing in high quality into positions that need it. And I, I think that that, you know, get a good start next season. I don't do what happened at the start of last season the players will only get better as it goes along so I'm um, I'm quite excited by La because he it, it it it's not like for like and thank fuck because I like uh, the Ruben Neves can do everything Jacker can do but Ruben Neves I, I don't think he made it into the Portugal side right they were they put Cavallio in there who has uh athletic profile
0: <laughs> I still got yeah, smashed he- yeah, exactly. He looked shocking the other day, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I called for a oh, big Bill Carvalho to Arsenal on a, for a number of occasions, the new Vieira. But there you go. Probably would have been better than Terreira, But, you know, um, it is interesting as well. And I think this kind of leads in to a bit of what we're talking about, about the need for a good start. And obviously the fixtures have been released now, Pete. And we know that we are starting away at Brentford. Followed up by Chelsea at home, um, a week later, and then Man City away, and then a little bit of honey at the end, which is Norwich City at home. You would like to believe that we're getting three points there. Hopefully, we've got some points on the board before that happens. Um, what what did you make of our um start? Obviously, we've got Tottenham Hotspur in the first six games as well at home, so looks pretty packed I, with big teams.
1: Yeah, I but I uh, look, I, I am I am fully on board the no excuses train start of next season. Go you've had a long time to think about this squad. Um you've seen the players that let you down. You know what's lacking. Um Edu and Arteta, uh jobs are on the line and, and they need to replace players and I want to I, I you know, I'm not worried about um I'm not worried about Chelsea and Spurs. I think the um, you know, Chelsea have got a great coach, but we've dispatched Chelsea twice um, in the last season. What I want to see, though, is um, I want to see a start. If you spend 200 million on that squad, I don't want to see a shit housing uh, experience. Right We need to be going at Chelsea. We need to be creating more than yeah. uh, five attempts at goal and the the big tell will be Manchester City. We showed far too much respect for Manchester City last season um, in both games. The second game was embarrassing. we didn't lay a punch on them, and I want to be going to those big teams and playing football. I don't want to see um, more shit housing next season if the, if the if the if the process is moving forward, it means we should be able to well. You can't go toe-to-toe with City. It's difficult. But I want to see more of a game. I don't want to see us trying to live off scraps and create two chances and maybe score one. So I think the fixture list is great because we're going to know pretty soon how far away this new setup is. What did what did you make of it?
0: Um, you're, you're completely right. Um, First of all, I think, you know, the litmus test is, is going to come very early in proceedings next season. And there just simply is not this... Long elongated bedding in period to try and get your confidence up. You've just got to hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, there's, there's just no, there's going to be nowhere to hide. Big, big games, you know. Y- y- the fact is, is you say you're not scared of Chelsea. It's not that I'm scared of them. And obviously, we've, we've had encouragement in recent years with results against them. They're, they are Champions League holders though. Um, so they're not mugs and they are not going to just get rolled over easily. And we are going to have to, you know, really be hitting top form early when you think about Chelsea, City and Tottenham within our first six games next year. Um, I, I, to be honest, I actually want that... I wanted that to happen. I want... Arteta has to get it right. And if we lose, you know, four out of our first six games, just cut the cords. Get rid. Get rid. Like, that. that's where I am with him anyway. You know I don't... I don't... He's lost... I've lost, I should say, belief in him that he is the guy who's going to get us to the next level. But there's one way to prove me wrong. Come out there, and as you said uh, and illustrated very well, what I want to see when we are going away to Man City is I don't want you to be getting, heading into that game, being comfortable by being, you know, with a gallant loss. Just being beat one nil or 2 nil and saying, oh, we're competitive. We need to be going into every single game next year, going for the win. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, we go in and say, we're going to play our own way and just play you off the park as, you know, Wenger did in some of the, uh, some of the years where at times we were getting unstuck. But it means that you need to have a clear plan for how we're getting out of there with three points. I don't want to be going anywhere playing for draws. That's not what it's about because, we know the way that our seasons play out and we know that confidence for one is a fragile thing but we need to start we need to get off to a good start next year if we're going to have any hope of getting to where we need for me if if, he, if as i've said before if we're, if we're not getting top 4 it's an instant dismissal i think he should be gone before that um if it if it starts to proceed that way and so maybe the next guy could get given a chance So at the end of the day, if you want to get top four, I don't think you can go there respecting bigger, well, in quotations, bigger teams and, you know, trying to keep the score down. We need to be going in there trying to beat every single team we come up against with a a real coherent plan of how to get the victory.
1: Yeah, and the other good thing about the way that the fixture list has lined up, I mean, obviously, it's going to be difficult for Arteta, but we play a lot of big away games. I think we play most of the top eight away from home. I think there are only two two games um, out of the top eight that are at home. So you, you have a good first half of the season. If you are um, in the chasing pack for top yeah. four, because top four is the objective next season, the second half of the season, the team is bedded and settled, and you are playing in front of home fans in big, exciting, iconic games. And that that will be good. So I'm um I'm I'm confident um the uh, well I'm I'm confident that we're going to find out pretty soon whether it's good. And I like I like the profile of players that we're going after. You know, we didn't talk about James Madison last week, and I was a bit well. Oh, you know what what's this all about? But like three years ago, if someone was like, we're going to pick up a 24 year old uh, creator from Leicester, Premier League proven extremely likable um, and productive player uh, for 60 million, you'd be absolutely overjoyed. Um, so, you know, you, you add chance creation in James Madison, you add um, ball playing centre-back in Ben White, you add uh, athleticism to the midfield. Like the whole, the whole image of that team changes from one-paced and meek and lacking a bit of edge to a team that's got edge and fire and unpredictability. That's the hope, anyway. I mean, if it, you've got to make all of those pieces work, but I wanted to get your take on uh, what you thought of James Madison links.
0: I completely disagree. I really do. Um, I agree with everything uh, about your player assessment, but saying he's likable, I don't think you don't like him. <laughs> I don't like James Madison. No way. Really? But That's I'd a bite, weird one. I'd bite your hand off for him. No, you want to talk? In the last episode, you talked about. I beef a pool party bully Ben White, okay? James Madison and Ben White hang out, clearly. Those guys, they, they call each other bro, okay? They're pointing at people who ain't in as good shape as them. Probably got a drinking. secret
1: handshake as well. 100%! 100%!
0: Yeah. And tattoos of, you know, shagger on <laughs> just under their Ralph Lauren, like, swim shorts, you know, that kind of thing. They're at no way is james no I, if i look at a guy like james Madden's and think, ah oh, there goes a the top bloke like then i, I, I love his
1: in- interviews i think his interviews are the, some of the most interesting uh, he gets some of the most interesting snippets out of him in anyone in the premier league the way that he talks tactically about how he's improving his game i liked him but yeah i mean he does he does have that smug that absolutely I, i'm going to nicky bird look about
0: it <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly and don't get me wrong like Football-wise, you know, um, there was a lot of talk jumping off on Twitter as well this week about James Madison. Whether that's sound investment? And the thing is, is I think you put something on Twitter this week which was quite interesting. And I, again, I do, I completely get where you're coming from with that argument, but I'm not sure I completely agree. And that is that you've you you mentioned that you know there seem seemingly are Arsenal fans complaining on one side of their mouth that we need several big players and we need to really reshape the squad and yet on the other side of their mouth saying we shouldn't be paying this much for certain players and overspending and it's like you can't win I do get that you know like at the end of the day don't worry about what we're spending if we're getting if we're improving the squad with quality talent the problem is is that uh, and uh, I don't agree with this with regards to James Madison but some would it's it partly plays off of the level of faith you have in, you know, Let's we talk about rumours all the time and how what, how much you can be believed. It's only rumours saying that the Cronkies are going to dedicate huge sums of money to getting us back to where we want to be this year. You know, when in reality, outside of a lavish Pepe signing, and yeah, we have spent money, granted, they've never shown us that they're going to completely chuck money at it and we'll have to reinvest the club's resources to get... Uh, new players through the door and when you've been bitten before you know you're much more reluctant to go back there the the fact is is it does feel like for at times myself and other Arsenal fans if we spend 35 million pound on Neves you can be rest assured that that means you won't be getting x other player for larger amounts like you know there is a finite amount of resources where whatever anyone wants to tell you and for some people, sixty million pound for James Madison seems like an an overreach. I personally don't agree with that, and I actually think that um, it it's not that I think I, I would like to get him for a bit cheaper, but if that is the final price, listen. The fact is, is the guy's young. He's already proven that he can rock in the Premier League, creates a bucket load of chances in a similar, not, not in a similar fashion, I should say, but in a similar way that Jack Grealish creates loads of chances. Um, I think he's already got loads of experience playing in big games as well, uh, you know, in, in, in crunch games for Leicester against big sides. And he's shown that he has the potential for growth. In quite a short amount of time. So I think he has the ability to grow into being one of, you know, Arsenal's... Because I think if he came in, he would already be one of our better players. And I think he has the potential to grow into being a legit Premier League star. And so, on that front, he's the kind of guy who... Again, I don't think it's an outrageous bet to bring in. And you bring him in for £60 And within two years, you wouldn't dream of taking less than £100 So... And again, one of the things that we suffered from in the past with our creative players are... And I, I hate I hate when the kind of almost xenophobic kind of rants about good English players get brought up. But though, I do think there's a shred of... Um, there's certainly some truth to the fact that when you sign English players, they they don't tend to be scared of going away to Burnley on a Wednesday night, because often that's what they've played in growing up. You know, it's not being signed from the beaches of rio and so i think that james madison is a um a guy who's shown his availability is there he's not injured that often he plays a lot of games and he has consistently shown that he can provide creativity and influence in big games so i think for me i'd buy i'd take it yeah
1: i i agree um Twenty-four years old, and the only person who's created more chances in the Premier League than him is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. I think the I think that that's a pretty good. And you know <laughs> what? 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 The what did Arsenal lack last season? Chance creation, chance creation. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Go and buy an English player who can give that to you by the bucket load. And I also think that you know his numbers last season weren't that great because he picked up a bit of a hip injury and you know Leicester's Leicester's decline coincided with him not being in the side and struggling to capture some of that form. So hopefully we're maybe even picking up a player that's a little bit um, undervalued. But I like the profile. Um, There's uh, there's a limited risk signing from the the Premier League, and if you uh, you know we're adding to the spine of our side. Players that can play football like just gives us a better chance of getting into the top four, and but um, just be just be interesting to see what that fee is. And just on one of your earlier points, it, there, there's money to spend at Arsenal this summer. They're going to sell players, and they're going to they they're, they're going to. You know, add, do some surgery on the squad because they need to, because they're falling so far behind. It's also part of this like weird apology tour that the Cronkies are going on and I'm game for it, but um, I don't think that there's a, we're going to sign Madison and then forget to sign other players. I think that they're going to rip out the, the whole squad and, uh, and, and start again as much as they can, which they, they should do. Um, so I'm um, I'm excited. So uh, we're running up against time. I wanted to get the, the hottest take on, um, on the new Arsenal home kit, which seems to be floating around the, um, the internet. Um, look on the, on the Grove blog for the Monday roundup. If you want to see it, Johnny, what, what what's your take on it?
0: Ah, oh, it's, I think it's a bit shit to be honest. I'm, I'm not happy with that. Like the, the other kit that got released a few weeks ago, um, kit free. I think it is, um, that looks decent. It's exciting. And, Though there was a whole debate amongst Arsenal fans about whether or not you're going to put your hand in your pocket and therefore at least financially support the regime if you want them out. I get all that anyway. But for me, this is an easy kit not to buy. <laughs> I mean, it's Ajax, isn't it? How, like, what's what's that? That literally looks like a kit the Ajax team might play in when they're when losing in the Emirates Cup,
1: yeah, I I just I, I just got crappy vibes about it. You know, like I, I love um I love to see a fresh take. I like the Freddy Krueger uh kit from way back when the purple and black one. I love I love taking <laughs> chances, but the, if you're going to take chances, it's got to feel contemporary, and th- that kit doesn't feel fresh or contemporary. And if you are gonna Experiment. I feel like there's got to be a better story than a little bit like the 1999 kit. And it's just it's just shit. And there's too much red through the middle, you know, like the red collar and the bullet. It just, I just hate it. I, I, Adidas don't miss. And I really hope that this isn't the kit they're going with because I think it would be a big miss.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? We were just talking before, and when I saw this, like, you know, that part, I guess we're in, in it right now, actually, the part of the year or the, Intermediary uh, area in this in the summer but before the season starts, where and the kits get launched, where loads of little kit kind of ideas get floated around, and they go, "Oh, this leaked Arsenal's new kit or whatever," and you don't actually know whether that is going to be the kit or. And I, I swear they they float these ideas to see what the Little trial balloons (laughs) exactly and then people go oh that kit's shit and then they go oh that's not the real kit don't worry about that and they're like quick burn all the files yeah (laughs) but um at the end of the day i saw this one a little while while back and i you know i didn't pay credence that this definitely would be the kit i thought it was a prospective one and i was like i hope that's not the actual kit i think that'd be ridiculous and if that actually is it that's that's a real shame, isn't it? That's a real shame.
1: That's a real shame. Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna miss at some point, but uh, let's let's hope that let's hope that they've got something up their sleeve that isn't that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, cool. On that note, uh, I will we will say goodbye. Uh, Johnny, do you want to tell people where they can uh, where they can catch you and your and your and your thoughts on other things?
0: Yeah, um I'm at I, Johnny Cochrane on my socials, uh, Insta and Twitter do get get at me on that. Um and it was Father's Day yesterday and everyone must be sitting there loving loving dads, you know. Um it's actually two days ago, isn't it? That's how that's how fired my brain is. Um through fathering. <laughs> through fathering. And, <laughs> and um if you are feeling all like you love the world of Daddery then uh check out my how's your father podcast um it's available wherever you get your podcast and it's all about yeah the world of fathers give them the respect they deserve on this hallowed week
1: wonderful um and on that note i'll say goodbye thanks uh, for joining johnny and uh you know the drill get onto itunes leave a really nice comment and uh and we'll see you for another roundup uh, next monday ciao for now The Winter Olympics are streaming on Peacock Live. Your all access pass to stream every
0: event every day. The Winter Olympics on NBC and Peacock. Sports Social Podcast Network.